live from wherever you happen to be, it's the SNL Hall of Fame Podcast. And now, here's your host, curator of the hall, Jamie Dew. Oh boy, you can stop applauding right now. Uh, I know you're out there, and when you hear that theme, you enter into a rousing, rousing applause wherever you happen to be. There are people right now in subway cars. There are people in driving that are just cheering for no reason. And I, I, I just want to let you know that sincerely, I, I thank you for that from the bottom of my heart. So there's that. How are you doing it's another week here in the SNL Hall of Fame, and, you know, business as usual, uh, even though we're closing in on the holidays. But it is business as usual, and business as usual around here consists of me inviting a guest to come on the show and talk about um, a candidate for the SNL Hall of Fame in one of four categories, cast member, writer, musical guest, and host. And once they finish talking about that candidate, the candidate is then added to the ballot. When the ballot is full, we will turn listeners to voters and come to some sort of conclusion. If your favorite candidate appears on more than 51% of the ballots cast, they will be enshrined in perpetuity in the SNL Hall of Fame. So that's pretty exciting. That's pretty cool. And uh, you get to be part of that. We all get to be part of that. I, of course, am the curator of the hall. So I'd like to remind you before entering, please take off your shoes. We don't need any of that filth on our freshly waxed floors. Hey, do you remember uh, when you went to school and you'd come back after the holiday and the gym floor would be so shiny? Yeah, that's what the hall looks like. And uh, we want to keep it that way. So keep that filth off the floor. This week, uh, we got to witness something that was pretty extraordinary. It was a a strange episode of SNL based on the Omicron variant. uh, Wrecking havoc throughout 8H. And we had sort of a, you know, a clip show with a few pre-tapes. And some interstitial banter between... Uh, the host, who was Paul Rudd, who was uh, enshrined as a five-timer, maybe a future Hall of Famer, perhaps. Maybe this will uh, hurt his hurt his case, the fact that he didn't get a true five-timer. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. But it was an interesting episode. Uh, I appeared on the SNL After Party podcast, so if you want to check that out, go to snlpodcast.com. And you can hear my thoughts on that episode, along with John Murray and um, the host, Catherine Coleman. So uh, there's that. This week on the show, I am joined by my friend and compatriot, Casey Lyons. He, of the theme song, the he created the theme that you heard off the top. And uh, he did a hell of a job with that. Uh, I'm really pleased with that. But this guy knows more than just music. If you want to follow him, you can follow him at uh, CLP Beats on Twitter. 
or you can find them at caseylionsproductions.com. Of course, I highly recommend that. Uh, he's got a lot of fun things to say. His Twitter account is a potpourri of really great uh, things. My favorite being right now, he's got this list of things that are, are good. And we don't see that a whole lot on social media. So I encourage you to check that out. That is, of course, if you're happy with his performance today. And I think you will be because his performance today is one in which he discusses the impact of one Conan O'Brien as a writer on Saturday Night Live. We go into Conan's pre and post career. We talk about, uh, you know, what the, the thoughts and feelings are on a, on a Conan O'Brien sketch, what that looks like. And we check out a couple sketches, including the first one he ever had aired which is the skeleton sketch. You'll hear that in this episode. So why don't we just jump right into it? We'll go now live into the uh, interview with Casey. It's not live. I don't know why I said that. Let's just do it. Why not? Let's be, let's be risk takers. Hope you're well. Talk to you soon. This is Casey Lyons talking about Conan O'Brien on the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. Casey Lyons live in the SNL Hall of Fame basement, and uh, we are we are talking about Saturday Night Live. Oddly enough, um, seems appropriate on this Saturday Night Live podcast. Yeah, right. So you are about to unveil your pick for writer. Yeah, who did you bring? Um, I had a, a couple of choices, I think, uh, because I mean, Saturday Night Live has had some and, and currently has some fantastic writers, some of the best writers. Uh, but I think, um, I have chosen, uh, Conan O'Brien. Excellent pick. Yeah. Yeah. Total, total obvious, like total, I, I hate the term no brainer. I don't know why it weirds me out, but, uh, it's, uh, yeah, this is the, the foregone conclusion, I think. Yeah. One of the few. One of the few writers on the show, other than a writer-performer, to have come back to host the show. I can't think of many others who have, you know, had that opportunity. Well, I think the big name in that right now is John Mulaney. Right, of course. <laughs> but, yeah, he was about uh, to do his third stint. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, I would say Conan, you know, sort of paved that, paved that way, right? Yeah. So he had come from The Simpsons. And he came with his writing partner, Greg Daniels. Right. Um, what What can you tell us about Conan and why he should be in the Hall of Fame? Um, because Conan, uh, along with Greg Daniels and Robert Smigel, again, and people like that, and, and Odenkirk, uh, they they were kind of the pioneers in what's next. You know, like every once in a while, there's a writing staff that that comes in and just kind of goes, okay, this is what comedy is now. Um, and, and, you know, Conan was one of those, uh, and yet at the same time, it seems like his reverence for, or it seems like his writing, um, has 
uh, a reverence for what came before as well for the weird um nonsense of things like massive head wound harry and and um the, those kind of like silly like the sketch is funny because of the name of the character or whatever like it, it seems like that kind of and I'm going out of my way to not say anti, uh, uh, anti comedy because it's too kind of broad a term, but, uh, <clears throat> but bringing that kind of like fun sense of irony into, uh, uh, comedy and, and saying, Hey, it's okay to be this level of stupid, uh, and also at the same time be insanely intelligent and, and write something that's that, that will like seriously make you think, um, but also just be so goofy. Yeah, that's I hadn't thought about it that way, but that that really does sort of nail it down, right? Um, like goofy and farcical. Yeah, uh, not not ashamed of being uh, held to you know like even slapsticky kind of like goofiness, but then all of a sudden a left turn and something really cerebral. Like yeah, like that's yeah that's that really does nail it down as to that era right and it's it's a lot of what what they kind of went on to do and and what conan went on to do with his late night show um like i feel like his his sensibilities are so noticeable in everything he does and having discussed the smallest bone the cochlea in the inner ear let us turn now to the largest bone the femur or the thigh bone. Now, the femur in the adult male can re range from 18 to 32 inches, whereas the female, a length of 12 to 24 inches is more common. Now, the femur is, of course, located right here. Oh, excuse me. Uh, at one end of the femur, the bone thickens into a pulpy, bulbous protrusion, which fits neatly into the pelvis, creating a ball and socket joint known as the hip. As you can see, the hip is... Excuse me. Uh, okay, directly above the pelvis, we find the ribs and the vertebrae. The ribs join at the sternum, which is the flat area. Right. Look, uh, class dismissed. It's been six years, Dan. Haven't you licked this problem yet? I can't help it. I get so scared every time I see it. You've got to get a grip on yourself. You're the finest professor of osteology on the East Coast. Remember, a skeleton is a very natural thing. Why, every one of us has a skeleton in his body. <gasps> oh. 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 Right. I knew that. I've given this some thought, Dan. Maybe you should get yourself a skeleton that is less scary. Hmm. Yes, I could do that. The vertebrae then serves two functions. They form the trunk, or main support of the entire skeleton, and they protect the spinal cord. As you will notice, they are connected by a series of soft, flexible uh, uh, ligaments, known as discs. But even the vertebrae are not as complicated as the wrist. Now, if we examine the wrist closely, uh, excuse me. Uh, we see thousands of tiny bones. Look, uh, tomorrow we'll discuss the foot. Class dismissed.
Any improvement at all? Well, maybe a little. It used to be scary. Now it's just startling. But I, I do have a lead on a place that makes tiny skeletons. Oh, Dan, I don't think that's the answer. You know, sometimes in situations like this, a silly costume can help. Silly costume? Yeah. Now, the kneecap is a small, bony plate, which is not attached to any other bone directly, but rather is held in place by four muscles, which are located here. <laughs> oh, that's great! Oh, man! All right. So, the uh, lowermost of these muscles is anchored to the top of the tibia, or shin bone, which we can find over here. <laughs> oh, that really cracks me up. It's great. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Hi, Dean. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to drop by and see how you were doing. Well, Dan, I, I think I'm cured. Here, take a look. Ah! Oh, the pirate! Oh, oh, no, no, Dan, Dan, it's not a real pirate. Here. That's that's the thing about Conan is that the Conan brand is very noticeable. Uh, the Simpsons was is what it is today because of Conan. Um, and I'm not talking about its sensibilities now because they're very different than, than what, well, very different. It's much weaker now than it was when Conan was there, but well, they've Conan, been telling stories for 30 years. It's, you know, that's pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, that, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, Conan sensibility, um, is so noticeable on the Simpsons is so noticeable in his SNL stuff. And, uh, uh, and that, because like you see it on, um, his talk show, uh, the, the first talk show, uh, you kind of see a really almost unfiltered version of what, uh, Conan and, and Smigel, which he, who he brought along with him. Yeah. Um, uh, like what they think is funny. Like you can really get a, a good sense of that from the late night show and, and you can then retroactively kind of go back and go like, Oh, that's, that was his voice on Saturday night live. You look at that writing staff that he put together initially for, or that Lauren put together, whoever was absolutely responsible. I don't know, but like Conan would have had input of course. And Lauren would have had input of course, but you look at that writing staff initially um, for the first year or so of, of late night with Conan O'Brien. And yeah. it's like a who's who like yeah. it, it's unreal. Um, you know, Smigel is just the beginning, right? You've got, um, uh, I, I can never remember his real name. I just always call him Starburns. Oh, you know? uh, Dino Stanmatopoulos. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm, blanking now as as i've said this oh it's a who's who it's a murderer's row and now i can't think of any of them but um, but it was unreal like yeah. if, look it up <laughs> if you don't know who they uh what i'm talking about look it up on your google machine there and check it out because it's pretty fascinating yeah and you get a sense just from that writing staff i think louis ck was uh uh I think you're right. I think he was there. I don't know if he was there right at the beginning when he was there for a while. Um, yeah. But we won't touch that one. what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, but, 
but yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, he, he, people just gravitated towards him, I think. Yeah. I think it's so. so funny, like hearing him talk about those days and how on the edge, uh, the talk show was, um, I mean, I was too young to really know what was going on behind the scenes of anything. I was just like, oh, this is funny in a way I haven't really, in a way that seems accessible and seems like I remember the first time I heard Conan and actually weirdly enough, I always wanted to tell Conan O'Brien this story. Uh, the first time I ever heard of who of Conan O'Brien, um, as like a, a celebrity entity, you know, uh, unto himself. Uh, the first time I ever heard his talk show was on a flashlight, uh, which is a weird thing to say. Um, what? <laughs> my mom, uh, had a store in, in our little town and these vendors would come through constantly, like these vendors who just sold crap, uh, like weird little trinkets and things like that. Uh, and my mom was a sucker for it. She would always buy these weird little things. And there was this flashlight, uh, that was also a radio. Um, and it didn't get, it, didn't work for shit. Uh, it, uh, it like you never actually got a clear radio station in. But I was walking my dog one night, and I took the flashlight out, and I was just fooling around with it. And somehow I got uh, a TV TV. I don't even know what station it was. It was global, and the station was FM eighty eight. Uh, all right, there you it go. Was eighty eight. There's 88. no reason I should have gotten FM eighty eight out where we live. I don't know why I did. I did I, as well, and I'm, I lived right in your backyard. Oh, basically. is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. So that's Waterford, why. and you you were Dover, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, well, Port Ryder, Seattle. Oh, okay, so, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but yeah, and I I heard this com- like the comedy basically. Uh, I didn't even know it was a TV show. I was like, I don't know. I thought it was a radio show. That's amazing. I'm like, what is happening here? Like, what is this? What am I listening to? And I walked the dog for like the entire show. I figured out it was a TV show, but. Uh, but yeah, just walking along, listening to the Conan O'Brien show on a flashlight. That is, br- that was no pun intended, that, that is great. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. Oh, man. Uh, come on. Is this great or what, huh? I don't know. I, I feel a little self-conscious, Bob. I mean, I've never been to a nude beach before. No, oh, come on. Will you stop with this? You have nothing to worry about. Everybody at this club just hangs out here. Everyone is here just to relax. That's what it's about. Really? Yeah. Come on. Believe me. In five minutes, you're going to completely forget about it. All right? Okay. okay. I'm going to introduce you to some of the guys. Let's go. Thanks. All right. Come on. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, Bob. <laughs> hey, Peters looks great today. <laughs> well, thanks, Jack. Yours, too. Hey, Bob. Hey, Ted, how's your penis? Not bad. Good, good. Hey, I'd like you guys to meet uh, Doug. Hey, Doug. Hey, Doug. Hi, guys. Hey, pretty small penis there. You can pick a lock with that penis. (laughs) Hey, that's okay. There's plenty of guys around here with small penises. In fact, Bill's got one. Hey, Bill, come on over here and show him your penis. Bill, it's Doug. Hi, Doug. Hey, Bill. So, I guess you got a pretty small penis. Yeah, I guess so. Well, that's okay. I hear it really doesn't matter to women. Yeah, I read that, too. Okay, you guys, enough with the small penis talk, huh? <laughs> hey, guys, you want to see my pictures from Barbados? Yeah, sure. Hey. All right. There I am with some friends on a catamaran. Penis looks great. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am playing tennis with my dad. Hey, you've really got your dad's penis. Yeah. And by the way, Jack, what have you done to your penis? It looks super. I go to this place in Long Island. They do great work. Yeah? You got an, you got an address? Sure. 
Give it to you. I write it on my penis so I won't forget it. So, Doug, where are you from? Montpelier, Vermont. Ooh, cold up there. Must be tough on your penis, huh? No, you're from Denver, right? Yeah. Good penis town. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Hey, girls. Hey, who's the new guy with the penis? Oh, that's Doug. Hey, Doug. Hi. Hey, pretty small penis. Yeah. That's okay. Hey, thanks. Hey, Dave just made a great sand penis. You ought to come down and see it before the tide comes in. All right, that's great. Yeah, it's got testicles and everything. Yeah, well, check it out. Yeah. Great, great. great. See, Doug, you have nothing to worry about. Huh? Yeah, I guess not. Hey, who wants to sing the club anthem? Oh, yeah. great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay, I'll start. I once had a penis sing to me his penis, penis song. And when that penis, penis sang, here was the penis' song. He'd sing me penis, 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 all day long. Hi, I'm Kevin Nealon. What you just saw was an attempt to make an important point that wherever you go, no matter how you look on the outside, we're all pretty much the same. You know, when the NBC standards department was dissolved and the censors let go, we welcomed it as an opportunity to deal with these issues like these in a frank way. You know, and to be honest with you, we're a little disheartened by the snickering we heard during this presentation. It kind of makes us wonder if there's room for serious discussion on these subjects on television. So to those of you who missed the point, grow up. Really, come on. Penis, 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 penis song. Penis, 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 penis all day long. Penis, penis, penis. Uh, but so anyway, so that's um a tangent but uh but yeah so i mean C conan was uh was definitely one of those people who you know one of those harvard guys who uh um he's you know, kind of he, mirrors the, the the start of of saturday night live where where the lampoon came from he's a lot of you know you hear a lot of people that are five or six years older than us 10 years older than us that talk about letterman you know like, yeah. like and i did watch nbc letterman, oh, letterman uh, and i loved him letterman arguably for for me was a uh as big if not a bigger uh influence than conan but th there's so many people that like i, I was always bomb i was always baffled like like I, I didn't realize conan was as big as he was until i started hanging out with people that were a little bit younger than me and listened to the way they talked about Conan. And the only person I'd ever heard talked about in that way was Letterman. Right. You know, and it was, it was, here was this person that wasn't a stand up, but I mean, I know Letterman did stand up, but they were largely, they, they were largely famous for doing a, a talk show. Right. And doing it in an irreverent way that, like you said earlier, was the voice of, you know, a, a generation, mm -hmm. you know, like the comedic, that was what comedy was. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like when I first heard Conan, he, like, I mean, I watched Letterman. Like I loved Letterman when I was a kid, but I felt like I was watching my parents thing. Do you know what I mean? Like I felt like I was like, oh, I'm, I'm enjoying the comedy of my parents' generation or not necessarily my parents, but an older generation kind of thing. Yeah. I felt like, oh, I, I like this because I'm finding it funny. And also I feel like... Um, uh, I feel smart, smart for, for getting this kind of thing. Conan was the first, uh, uh, thing where I was like, this is mine. 
That's right. This is of my generation. And I grew up, you know, I, I, I started to kind of like really get interested in things or define who I was in around 1991 uh, when I was starting to, to play music and, and, you know, listening to things like Pixies and Nirvana and stuff and, um, and, and, and trying to kind of pick and choose what my um, because you know, you start out defining yourself by the things that you watch and the things that you listen to and That's stuff. Right. And, and Conan was, uh, was one of the first things in comedy where I was like, uh, oh, this is mine. That's this right. belongs to me. This isn't a movie soundtrack that I got from my parents cassette holder in their, in their car. Yeah. Like I cherry picked this as this is, I'm, I'm taking this on board as, uh, yeah. as something that, that defines, you know, who I am. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's a strong pick. Um, as far as categories go, writing is always the hardest one. It's the one that we just don't have the same sort of access to. Yeah. You know, like I, it, it's hard to say, well, this is what Conan brought to the table. But of all the writers we've talked about on the show so far, Conan is probably the one that it's it's easiest to see what he brought to the table. Yeah. Yeah. He like, is, he's kind of the, the example of the celebrity writer. Cause I mean, that's really, really all he was on SNL, uh, was the, the, like his, his biggest thing was writing, you know, he, he would guest, he would be like in a sketch here or there. Um, but, uh, and then hosted the, the one time that I can think of. I yeah. Just the one time. Yeah. Um, on which actually has one of the my my favorite all time sketches. Oh, tell us. Um, uh, and it was a a Conan sketch, obviously. Uh, oh, what was it? Um, oh, what's the name of the character? He played the superhero uh, who um, had a, a an alter ego, but he kept betraying the alter ego because he had this catchphrase. He was like molecula or something like that. Doesn't and he about, would go, oh, damn. They, they'd be like, and every time somebody said the name molecular or whatever, he would go the molecular man. <laughs> and it was so fucking wonderful. And he kept betraying his uh, alter ego because every time someone would say, Oh, this is the work of molecular. He would go the molecular man. <laughs> And it was so stupid, but so wonderful to see Conan on SNL doing some of his, his oh, that's great, great stupid comedy. So wonderful. Well, I want to thank you for coming out this afternoon and talking about Saturday Night Live with oh, me. Oh, goodness. It's always, me? it's always a pleasure to do that. Thank you for being a big enough SNL nerd to actually start this podcast. Give me a chance to talk about it. Wow, that's cool. Thanks, man. Thanks so much, Casey Lyons, for doing that. That was really terrific. Uh, had a blast talking Conan O'Brien with Casey. What do you think? Is Conan a slam dunk for the SNL Hall of Fame? I would think so, but time will tell. It's interesting uh, as we embark on the holiday season that we are being uh, overrun by this Omicron variant. So I want to, you know, go slightly off script here and, and just wish you and yours a really safe and happy holiday season and a really, um, you know, get the third dose, stay indoors, 
wash your hands, do all the do all the stuff, you know? Just make it make it happen, make it work. And uh, we can figure this shit out. So there's that. That's what I have for you this week. Next week we'll be back again and we will be cycling through. We'll be we will be on um uh, what are we doing next week? We're doing a host. Yeah, no, we're doing a cast member. So it'll be a cast member next week. I won't tell you which one it is, but uh, it's one that hopefully you'll enjoy. That's what I have for you this week. Hope you're well. Be cool. And uh, turn out the lights on your way past. Because the SNL Hall of Fame is now closed. Thanks for listening to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. You can find everything you need to know about the show at snlhof.com. Don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcast. This is Doug Denant saying, this is Doug Denant saying, see you next month in the hall. Some such.